Hi there, and welcome to the August 2020 episode of Around the Circuit, a podcast produced by Electrical Wholesaling Magazine. I'm Ellie Coggins, Associate Editor, and in this episode, I sat down for a Q&A session with Editor-in-Chief Jim Lucy. He and I discuss his findings from this year's article on local market data and how this information can be useful for execs in the electrical industry. If someone has not read this article um, from the August issue, what would someone be able to expect from from it? I basically, it's kind of a two-pronged approach, I guess you could say. I I both have, I've made some picks for the uh, fastest growing local market so they can kind of get a sense of just how fast, uh, despite the uh, obviously problems with the coronavirus, the impact it's having on the economy, how fast uh, some specific markets are growing. Uh, They can compare their own local markets against those to see how they measure up, so to speak. And also, uh, I go through and tell people where they can find information on uh, these types of metrics, I guess you might call them, on measuring the different uh, economic growth in these different areas. If they could do them, so they can do it themselves if they wanted to uh, measure some specific markets that aren't outlined in the article. And certainly also remind them that uh, we have all this information is uh, updated and available at Electrical Marketing uh, Newsletter for just $99 a year. But uh, yeah, I think that's the main thing. Show them the hot markets. They learn about hot markets that are out there. Uh, they can compare their market areas to those markets to see how they measure up. And also they learn if, if they're wanting to do in the future, wanting to start uh, looking at different individual local geographic areas. I, I offer some tips on how to do that. Awesome. And is this something that you like to do every single year, every couple of years? Um, or is this something kind of brand new that you, you know, that with this article that you wrote up? Yeah, no, it's a good question. You know, we've always electrical wholesaling since before I came to the magazine in the 1980s, always provided some information, some local market data on uh, on which markets were growing the fastest down to the uh, metropolitan area, or as we mentioned in the article a lot, the metropolitan statistical area or MSA. Uh, the government collects a lot of data on that basis. Uh, some of it's uh, monthly, some, some of it's years, uh, depending on the geographic area, it might be just uh, twice a year. But we've, we've always done a lot of it. And I, you know, I guess as things have evolved and as more and more of that information is available online, uh, I found some different ways where I could t- get information pr- primarily from different government agencies and learned how to combine it into one database. I mean, it sounds, uh, I mean, I'm not a big, I'm not a whiz at Excel to the degree of taking two different files and merging them together so you have all the same information per, um, in this case, per each of the local markets. But uh, through a lot of uh, fussing around with some different programs, I, I found uh, uh, actually a program, um, it's actually a, an add-in to the, uh, in Google, on the Google Sheets program. And it's called, uh, I think, Power Merge, I believe is the name of it. Uh, but anyway, it, for next to nothing per year, it's very simple to merge uh, two different uh, database documents. But what that meant for this particular project on local markets is I could take all the electrical sales potential. I could merge it with building permits. I could merge it with um, population figures, unemployment. And basically, each file has to have a common identifier. In this case, uh, not to get too much down in the weeds, it's called a FIPS. It's a, a geographic deck. Every uh, market area has a number, and it's a government standard. I use that as the common identifier, and that allows me to pull all those files together. Uh, in most cases, that number, that 
identifier can also be used for some ge geographically too. So I can put that into a mapping program. I happen to use Tableau and then I can show that data on a map and do all manipulate in different ways, show the fastest, the slowest growing markets and uh, things like that. So yeah, things have evolved over the years on it. I had my uh, person who hired me, one of my mentors, Andre Herbert used to love working with the market planning guide that we do every November. And I just, um, the reason that we do this issue in uh, August is we find that a lot of um, uh, execs in the industry, we start they start having getting requests from their bosses to do their market planning for the next year, sometime right after Labor Day. So we wanted to get some information out of the market that would help them as they're doing their strategic plans for the coming year. That makes sense. And I think you touched on this a little bit, um, but what got you personally interested in working with local market data? Mm -hmm. Well, as I mentioned, it was, I, I always, uh, had a lot of respect for how we had put the market planning guide uh, together. So I thought that was always pretty cool that you could get down. I mean, you see so much in the general business press, a lot of it's national figures or national unemployment, and that's obviously all very important and, and important to track. But I just found it interesting to get to know, uh, to provide color to a local market. You really, the numbers, once you start really working with them, you, get, you really kind of get a sense of what that market is about. You can see, you know, uh, uh, for instance, like a certain market, like I always use Phoenix as an example, but from working with the numbers, I, I found that fascinating that some local markets account for an enormous amount of their state's total economy. And in the case of Phoenix, uh, the metro area, uh, it's a very large, fast growing, one of the fastest growing markets, but it accounts for like 75 to 80% of all the activity in Arizona, which I think I just kind of blows my mind. There's some other ones that are, um, there's some of the, where Salt Lake City is a very, has a very large percent of Utah market. Another area that you really note when you look at the numbers and you realize, oh my gosh, this part of the state really accounts for an extraordinary amount of the whole state's business. And that's all on the front range of Colorado, uh, going from the if you work from the north down, basically from Fort Collins through Boulder, uh, down into Denver, uh, traveling south uh, d down into uh, uh, Colorado Springs and all the way down into Pueblo. It's like 80, maybe 75, 80% of all the business done in Colorado is done in that area. It's, so it's a really, it's grown like crazy. And I, I think it's a, that, that's another good example of a, a certain region that is really Real, far and away, you know, has a lot of its states into its, its total business. But that kind of, uh, in a nerdy sort of way, got me very interested um, in the numbers. I also, um, on a kind of a related side note, my wife and I, uh, Barbara, we do, we do a lot of cross-country car trips. And, you know, when we're driving through the different parts of the United States, and instead of flying over, you really kind of get a feel for some different markets. In many cases, the more rural markets, and you kind of get a sense of how big a town is or whatever, or you get a chance to, you get it for the industries that are in there and all. And I, I just kind of blend that. I just enjoy learning about different parts of the country, uh, the, the type of data that I'm able to get from the government sources. Uh, I find it very interesting. Uh, so it, one of the ones that I, I play around with a lot, that's it's, it's all free information. It just happens to be the population data that you can get from the U.S. Census Bureau. And that's available uh, just once a year, but you can get it on the state. Uh, metro area or county level. But I, I take that data and I manipulate it with something called net migration, which is the amount of people that it, it, over the course of year either that moved in or out of a particular area. And when you divide that by a year's worth of days, 365, you come out with the number of new residents per day. So you get, you get all these extraordinarily uh, high numbers of people moving into a particular market area. Uh, you know, they like for instance, like in Phoenix, so there uh, last year, which is the most recent data available, there's over 200 people moving into Phoenix every day. 
and you start, you know, thinking about that philosophically, you think, say, okay, 200 people, is that 200, you know, family, you know, the families, the couples, what are they going to need when they come into the market? Well, they're going to buy a house. They're going to probably, they may uh, send their kids to school. They, they go to church, they need doctors. There's lots of development that goes along with all that. And all of it really plays right into the electrical market because it's such a huge part of the construction industry. That, that, mean, that creates demand for product when you get those kind of uh, numbers. On the flip side, when you have markets that over year over year continually lose, uh, lose people, lose population, it's less and less demand for new housing, for schools, for new stores. And uh, you see those types of things happening. Uh, upstate New York is particularly, they're losing quite a few people. Uh, some parts of the uh, Midwest, the industrial Midwest, losing lots of people. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, weather, people moving down south, the Sun Belt. Sometimes it's a tax situation in a particular area might be a case. Sometimes it's the job losses and people have to follow the work. So, but there's a lot you can learn from the numbers like that. And I think that they do provide some interesting local uh, color to, uh, to different market areas. Of course. And then digging in a little bit to this year's particular findings. Um, what were some of the more surprising things that you noticed from the data? Um, one thing that has started has surprised me quite a bit over the last couple of years is the amount of, um, in the state of Utah, uh, which you don't really think of necessarily as a uh, very large economic, uh, you know, powerhouse, so to speak. I mean, it's a, I mean, for those of us who've been to Salt Lake City, it's a beautiful area, it's right in the Wasatch Mountains. I mean, if you like to ski or hike or anything outdoors, it's beautiful. But there's a lot of smaller markets in there around the uh, Wasatch Front Range there. And also uh, down, there's a market by the name of St. George, which is down near the uh, uh, Nevada border between Zion National Park and the Nevada border. And it is attracting people, just crazy amounts of uh, people that are moving into those uh, those smaller areas there. So that's, that's really kind of a state that I don't think of much about. I mean, People always think when they think about fast-growing areas, you think of the Sun Belt, you think of Florida, and you think of all the people moving into, oh, whether it's down in uh, near Naples, Florida, or um, Sarasota in those areas, or Tampa is a, is a large, much larger market, but a lot of people moving in there. You think of that, or you might think of the uh, Carolinas are very popular uh, and have been for a number of time, and the people moving into the Raleigh area by the University of North Carolina and that, that area there, or, or Myrtle Beach in, in South Carolina. So there's a, there's certain markets uh, we've reported quite a bit, you know, saying that a lot of these uh, smaller markets they happen to be in vacation areas or in the mountains and uh, just a lot of population in there. It, it creates a lot of opportunity, and for uh, distributors that means hey they and well, uh, for manufacturers they have to take a look at that and say hey do I have the right coverage in these markets? Do I have a good salesperson covering a fast growing area? Do for a distributor. It may mean saying hey do I need a branch here? I mean are people how far are my customers having to drive to provide the electrical systems for all the work in this area or on the flip side as I said if it's a, a declining market area maybe they don't need a branch in this or that area and a lot of distributors I mean they're very and reps for certainly very street smart they don't they may know some of this innately but uh, sometimes you need to back it up too by just you may be talking in a management group and saying hey this is what the numbers show we have to do it on more than just our gut reaction um, in the case of a manufacturer I find you know very often um, well, there's certainly plenty of industry veterans been around. They know how different markets work. Sometimes you get someone that comes into uh, an electrical manufacturer from outside the industry. Uh, they don't really know a specific geographic area, how it works. They might want just like an introduction to 
that market about what the numbers, what the the, the actual market looks like, and or is it growing or you know fading? And they you know they may have some people telling them telling them a story, so to speak. They might want some hard numbers to know. Yeah, this is really a declining market, or this is growing. We need to invest more. So you can use the numbers in a variety of different ways. So you touched a lot on some of those areas that are really experiencing some growth. And earlier you had mentioned um, areas such as upstate New York um, mm -hmm. that are actually declining. Mm -hmm. um, are there any other areas that um, are in decline that really surprised you? Yeah, by some of the, by uh, sheer population numbers, you, you'll see uh, around Chicago area, there, there's a lot, state of Illinois particularly, a lot of, you'll notice the annual figures uh, going back is losing lots of people. Uh, and, and I think that is more maybe a, a tax situation, taxes and weather, I think, to be honest with you. I think a lot of people are moving to warmer climates. I mean, and you have some, you know, some of these, uh, some cities down south that are growing uh, extraordinarily fast. We talk, in the article, we talk a bit about Austin and probably the fastest growing market of all, but, you know, there's a city that's attracting tens of thousands of new residents per day, uh, excuse me, per per year. Also in Texas, uh, San Antonio, uh, Dallas, a little lesser on Houston, seem it'll rise up and fall uh, based a lot on the energy and oil business, as are with Midland and Odessa as well. So a couple of the Texas markets are just growing like crazy. Uh, Atlanta has always been a growth market, probably not too many uh, surprise there. So, uh, but I think the Chicago is the one that really comes through loud and clear that is a big area, a big and important area for the electrical industry too, is a lot of the total electrical spend in the electrical equipment comes from the Chicago area, but it's losing some population. And, uh, you know, that'll be, I don't, it's not at the point where it's having a dr dramatic effect on the industry. We're saying, geez, are people closing down branches and all that? Not, not the case, but um, still something to watch. But it is an area that has, see, has definitely seen some uh, declines based on that. Uh, one of the, the graphics in the article, you know, very basic uh, map uh, on the net migration, as I mentioned earlier, and I just lay it out there over the past year, the most recent uh, data past year, 2018 to 2019, uh, I just have the different uh, counties marked in green or red. Did you, did your county add people or did you lose people? And you can see on the map where a lot of the red spots are all up along sort of the northern uh, tier of the of the U.S. Midwest and up into New York State and all. And you can definitely see the uh, green, that sort of the hot spots where people are definitely move, moving to down south and uh, along the coast and you know some of the mountain areas. Denver's Front Range is extraordinarily popular as well as definitely a growth area that you see see all quite a bit. Yes, and then. Obviously, throughout this entire Q&A, you've really touched on this final question, but if you could just give us a final summary of how execs within the electrical industry can really use this market data to their benefit. Yeah, I, I think it, it kind of depends on which angle they're coming at it from. A, a local distributor might be look, could use this particular data and say they have branches uh, throughout a state or throughout a couple of state area. It, it, it's a great way to do it. Just do a check and saying, okay, Overall, are people, what's the contract, electrical contract employment? What's the trend line? Is it going up or is it going down? What's industrial employment? Yeah, that Their interest in either of those will depend on what their market focus is. If they're more contract or industrially oriented, you know, they might not always think about uh, the population figures, but that has a direct impact. And it actually does a pretty pretty good job of outlining which markets are in, in growth or or declining a bit. So they can use these numbers. Like I say, it might be to set up a new branch. It might say, hey, we, we need to get another salesperson uh, out and onto the road here. 
So it's important for them on that, that they can set up where the really how to manage the resources and where they need to invest or perhaps cut back on a manufacturer level, kind of an, on the same type of a thing. You know, I, I think all, I always think of like the regional manager for manufacturer when they are able to travel, you know, coming into a market, they might have to visit with say, oh, 10 different distributors, maybe a number of their different reps, but they want a kind of a little snapshot of what's going on in the markets they're saying. Cause you know, distributors, some you know, folks, some you know, distributors reps were saying, oh, everything's great here, but uh, don't have anything to support other than them saying <laughs> they might not have the sales figure right on hand. This kind of gives the manufacturer saying, well, I'm showing here that this market, your employment, electrical contract employment is, is way up or it's way down, or you've had some pretty good growth in the residential. How, how, how are your sales or how are you going after those, all this residential building activity that we're, we're showing here? So they can use it as a tool too to, to analyze in markets with which they might not be intimately familiar. So I think, I think that's a lot of it. It just provides a lot of uh, detail. If you really look at the uh, actual number for the, in our electrical marketing database, any individual market is we measure by about, oh gosh, 15, 16 different ways that you could pull out a data, uh, data point there and say, yeah, it's oh, it's the unemployment, it's the gross metropolitan product. It's, are they looking at, maybe they're, they're looking at specialized in apartment construction. So looking at multifamily construction or single family. So there's a lot, lot of different data points on there and it really, everyone will use it a little bit differently, but it's, uh, hey, it's all there and I find it all quite interesting. Thanks for joining us for this episode, and we hope you found it enjoyable and informative. For more information on local market data, visit ewweb.com. That's ewweb.com. Or consider subscribing to the Electrical Marketing Newsletter for a special rate of $99 per year. Your subscription consists of 24 newsletters a year with access to the most up-to-date information and data on the electrical market. This podcast is produced by Electrical Wholesaling Magazine and edited by Ellie Coggins.